Welcome to the Historical Wisdom Podcast, where we share stories of health, healing, medicine, and the histories that frame Native American experience, particularly for tribes and Native people in Riverside and San Bernardino counties, California. Each segment will explore different aspects of what historical trauma means to Native American communities and the healthcare providers who serve them. We share this knowledge with you from the perspective that to understand the history and strengths of Native Americans and how policy and institutions of medicine work, we can improve the delivery of healthcare and human well-being. For Chihun Piyonkinach, a Gathering of Good Minds project, I'm Juliet McMullen, and we share with you historical wisdom. Miaway, welcome back to the Historical Wisdom Podcast. I'm here today with Wyatt Kelly, and I know that we've been gone for a few months. That just sort of seems like that's the way things are today with this global pandemic. Uh, when we first started our episode back in April this year, we had 40. 2,000 lives that were lost in the U.S. and 170,000 deaths worldwide, all to COVID-19. And we remembered the grieving and thought that was a lot at that time. But today, just a few months later, in the United States alone, we have more than 200,000 deaths. And, you know, None of us imagined that we'd be here still six, seven months later, but here we are, and and it's not clear when this will end. But we're strong, and we're making connections, and um, I think that's the big piece of what we're taking away along with, you know, the grief and the changes that are happening. So I think also that this moment reminds us about trauma and unresolved grief. Uh, all these deaths, these are things that we're going to remember for generation. The pandemic will be with us for a long time. Um, so this moment makes our conversation even more relevant. The COVID disparities are worse for Native Americans, Blacks, and Latinx communities, um, and they exacerbate the existing inequities that are consequences of historical events that produce historical trauma, things that we're deeply concerned about uh, for our podcast in particular. Jumping off of what you're saying with increasing conversations about you know, testing and vaccination uptake, we have so much to be concerned about with regards to how patients trust their healthcare providers and medicine in general and vaccines in particular. And it's even more relevant that healthcare providers build trust with the people that they're serving because that trust is such an important thing. And we've learned that throughout this whole project. Um, building trust means that you understand the larger context, the land, the knowledge, and the values, all of these things that help us to change our mindset the things that help the people we serve that we care about. And that's just one of our hopes for this podcast and for this project that we can provide this information to engage in conversations and shift the way we work and shift the way we think and act in times like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so important, Wyatt. Um, all the conversations from NIH and all the people creating vaccines and uh, the biggest piece is this trust building. 
And, you know, communities that have experienced historical trauma have no reason to trust the medical system. And so we need to make sure that people have the information that they need, that they know who it's coming from, that it's coming from sources that they trust. So, you know, like Wyatt said, we hope that the podcast gives you the tools to be able to continue building trust with the people you serve. So for our podcast as a whole, we ha- we do have two more episodes that because of the pandemic, uh, we are still in process with them. Uh, so one of them is about epigenetics, and then the other is on ACEs, the adverse childhood experience scale, and how those link with questions around historical trauma. These two topics were chosen specifically by our providers who, who were working with us on the project. So once those are completed, we will add them to season one and uh, then then we can call it completely done. But for now, we wanted to share some brief reflections about this first season and then also share some additional resources. If you recall, we're very invested in thinking around what historical trauma is, how uh, we can help providers understand uh, the concept and how it works in the lives of the people that they serve. And so, you know, when we talk about historical trauma, a lot of times we heard in the beginning, I don't, I, I don't understand what that means. And even with our first episode, people would listen to it and say, I still don't quite understand it. And, you know, we really took that to mean that historical trauma is a complex concept, you know, so if we were just to read the definition, it would say historical trauma is an intergenerational trauma experienced by a specific cultural group that has a history of being systematically oppressed. You know, so that definition in itself gives you a little bit, but when we started talking about the federal regulations, the policies that were enacted to take land from uh, the tribes and the individuals, uh, the laws that were enforced against them to keep keep people on the reservation and prevent them from gathering foods or being with their families in the way that they normally would have been like these all of these pieces all of the episodes that we provided to you hopefully gave you more understanding of the multiple uh, ways that historical trauma happens and the multiple ways that it is experienced and one of the things you know that continue to stick with me throughout the episodes was something that Cliff Trafser mentioned when he was talking about federal policies. And he said, sometimes providers don't understand or completely appreciate the amount of pain, the kind of burden uh, that people carry with them and that they carry that burden with them into the clinic. And so you know, their interactions. And you heard the same thing from Julie Andrews. The interactions can be tense sometimes, uh, you know, because they're remembering the histories of genocide, stolen lands, living in a society that attempts to erase your existence. Um, We also heard from Delight Satter about the concept of weathering 
that the health status of Native Americans, you know, is generally 10 years older than their actual age. And so what does that mean for how we care and how we think about preventive care for Native communities? But that also is a symptom of historical trauma. And you can think about uh, mental wellness as well as substance use, you know, self-medicating. These are all issues that patients come to you as providers to, to talk about and to help work through. But we need to understand the histories of that and where that comes from. But the other piece, too, is that the patients, the tribes, the people wanted to make sure that we were very clear about the fact that they are still strong, even with all of this, the historical trauma, they are still here. They are alive. They are thriving, reviving, reclaiming their language, reclaiming their songs and dance and ways of knowing and being with the land. Those things never went away. They were not talked about maybe as much, but they are still here and people are uh, increasing their conversation. Uh, We'll share some more resources at the end that just support all of our understanding of both the burden as well as the strength that um, our Native communities uh, have with them. And it's interesting to think about all of the episodes and kind of the ways that physicians and providers reacted to them. I wanted to share just a couple of uh, quotes that providers shared with us after listening to a few of the episodes. The majority of people really enjoyed what we had to say. Sometimes they wish that we could provide more insight into how historical trauma affects the day-to-day interactions with patients. And so, you know, and how physicians could provide that care better. So that's something, you know, we can think about doing for the future and maybe even weaving in, hey, Wyatt, how would this be if we started weaving in more activities uh, on our website that get to that day-to-day stuff? Well, Briette, I'm thinking about what you've been talking about. And when I'm thinking back on working with this project and thinking about historical trauma and activities and everything that that's going on in this project, I think about how important it is the work we're doing with historical trauma. And what I really thought was beautiful about this project and this podcast, it was this really new way of bridging the gap between traditional ways of medicine, like talking circles and new age community research through this university. And what I mean by that is what I thought was really life-changing and beautiful is when we get together with these groups of people and, and really talk about these issues that are going on in the community. Once that trust was built, we were able to really see what was going on in the community. And they realized that, you know, these people are here to help us and to change things. In doing that, we were able to get so much more out of the project and the podcast. And I think that was a really beautiful part of this project was being able to see that new age way of medicine. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I think maybe... Maybe designing a, a, an online talking circle that could take place could be an activity that we do where we can talk about things that are going on, how people are feeling. I think it, it really does help open up the circle to understanding health disparities. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, because that's the other thing, you know, too, that the 
providers mentioned is traditional stories and, you know, how to bring those in to the care that they're providing. So having that kind of open circle. Yeah. And we could even take those stories, you know, and share those stories and, and talk about what's so important about those stories that we can pull out and use in community research and, and use those type of stories to better the healthcare of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I had one other thing to share from providers, but I want to hear more um, about some of your thoughts. Yeah. So I have been the project coordinator for this project for the for the last year of the Gathering of Good Minds project. So I kind of jumped in at the short end of the stick, but nonetheless, it was a beautiful experience and I got to experience a life-changing research, really. It was honestly, it was beautiful. And I think one of the main things that stuck with me was how strong the community was. Even through COVID hitting, they were still really adamant about having our meetings and really adamant about still making the change. And I thought that was really beautiful. And even though there was a global pandemic going on, we were still able to have our meetings via Zoom and make it all work out for us. And I thought that was a really a beautiful thing. And it really showed this strong desire to change the way that healthcare is given in the community and in the Inland Empire. So I think working with the people and and getting to know them on a personal level and, and understanding that, you know, we're all just truly caring and loving individuals who hope to make that change for the next seven generations and to help the community. And as you mentioned, this whole weathering thing, like how do we go about making that change for the next seven generations? And so it's not a problem. So there isn't weathering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a lot of work ahead. But we can do it. Yeah, we can definitely do it. And I think we need to do it because there's a growing audience in our community. And we've seen that with this first season of the podcast. Um, We've had over 700 listeners that have been listening to our podcast with loads of positive feedback from community members, academics, healthcare professionals, like you mentioned those a couple quotes. So I think it's beautiful to see that the work we're doing, it it needs to be done. and, And that's, it's shown by the by the views and the listens. I think going forward in this podcast and thinking about what's to come with this research and what's to come with the project and the podcast, I think by extending the podcast out to more Native communities and Native colleges and centers at colleges to really kind of take over. And by doing that, we're able to expand the the view of the podcast and we're able to get a more holistic view of health disparities that Native communities are dealing with, not just here in California and in the empire, but around the U.S. and around the world. And what does that look like and where are the parallels and what's different and what do we do about that and in those differences? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what, you know, we've been kind of talking to people in the community and saying, hey, what do you think if, you know, our uh, college students take over the season two and um, get their perspectives of what historical trauma, what health disparities, uh, what all of this means to them, even, you know, the the global pandemic, what does this mean to them and how they move forward in their, in their lives. So we're excited about doing that work as well. And it's interesting to think too, you know, one of the other final comments I wanted to share from one of the healthcare providers was just a lot more detail in terms of, you know, as, as we open this up more to more community members to be the creators of the podcast and not just us, that providers and any healthcare provider um, serving Native Americans, that they start encouraging their staff and and in their own time as well to to know the community better and to start knowing the tribal leaders 
and who the board members are. But also, this provider was asking that the community begin to invite staff and providers to some of the local gatherings and share some of the social expectations of being a member of the community. Uh, you know, when when do you show up and, and in what way do you show up? Again, changing sort of the mindset and broadening the knowledge that we have of each other and building the trust. And so, you know, being there matters a lot and can really improve the kind of care that people receive and give. You know, I I thought that was really important that it wasn't just a one way, you know, here, let, let us share this knowledge with you. But they were saying, you know, community, please invite us. Yeah, I think with the second season of GOGM, the second season of the podcast, having Native students run it at colleges and give their perspective on what's going on and how they're feeling, it really does help show that community engaged because it's literally the community doing that research as well. So, you know, we started something and we started the fire and now we're passing it on to broaden our knowledge even more. And hopefully that will spark a change and an understanding that healthcare providers can do that as well. They can be out there in the community and really work with the community one-on-one and make change by doing so. Yeah. Like one of our board members said, we opened the box. <laughs> now we have to be responsible for it. We can't just say, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So these are the ways that we're thinking about being responsible, um, of course, with everyone's input. So if you have other suggestions for us, please let us know. Before we sign off, you know, or until we get those final two episodes done and start season two, We wanted to share some resources with you that are either podcasts or local resources that we we just love. (laughs) So um, one of them is the Well for Culture website and podcast, and it's run by um, Chelsea Luger and Tosh Collins. And Well for Culture promotes holistically well lifestyles. Uh, They believe in mind, body, optimization through the seven circles of wellness and much like a ceremony, a song, a story, or an activist movement, welfare culture wants a space, a place, a group of people and an evolving idea. So this is their description of their work from their website. And, you know, I've listened to a number of their podcasts and they are inspiring as well as giving us uh, concrete ideas of of how to live well, particularly now uh, when there are so many stressors. Another great resource that I personally really love is the Chia uh, Cafe Collective, which is a grassroots group dedicated to honoring all indigenous peoples of Southern California and their connection to the land and native plants. And as you know, we are at University of California, Riverside, and I'm a huge part of the Native American student programs here on campus. And we love, love, love bringing out Chia Cafe. Um, Barbara Drake is amazing. If you haven't read her stuff, please go ahead and give that a listen and, and a read. Um, and yeah, bring them out to your events. They come and teach everyone about native plants in Southern California, and they'll even teach you how to cook with these native plants and let you try different recipes and give you the knowledge behind the plants and why it's so important for their diets and how changing back to these diets in a, a, a new age way with you know understanding nutrition better, how we can really better the health of native people in Southern California for the next seven generations. So it's a really, really beautiful collective of people and 
you have to check them out. And it's Chia Cafe. Yeah. And didn't you say that also the next one that we wanted to share, Indigenous Circle of Wellness, um, came to UCR to work with the Native American Student Program? Yeah, just recently, well, pre-COVID, it was our last event before COVID hit. And we had a Native 5K, which we do every year on campus. And the Indigenous Circle of Wellness came out. And they had a really nice talking circle with people who want to get involved. And for those of you who don't know, talking circle is a traditional way of medicine where you get in a circle and you kind of just, you just talk, you really get to know people. And it's a, it's a really empowering feeling and you really get to know the people you're in the talking circle with. And it's very emotional. And so bringing them out there, we were able to just talk about everything going on, you know, in Native American student programs and our lives and school and really got to know the people in the circle better and, you know, ended up leaving feeling a lot more connected to my peers and to people in the community. And it was a really beautiful experience. So I I really loved having them come out as well. And and they're a wonderful resource for people in Southern California. Yeah. And then the final group that we wanted to share is the All My Relations podcast. And that is Tika Wilbur and uh, Adrian Keene. Uh, who created Project 562. I encourage you to look that up. It's I don't want to give it away. It's amazing um, to see the work that she did with that project. And so the All My Relations podcast uh, is very much about Native representation in mainstream media. And the conversations that they have uh, range from health and wellness to politics and voting. They've had conversations uh, with Native Hawaiians about Mauna Kea. You know, so there's a, a great range of knowledge that is shared in every episode that they do. Uh, I, I always um, am looking forward to their next episode on that podcast. So I highly recommend uh, all my relations. So remember that the podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and then also our website. And on our website, we have a list of readings as well as activities that you can engage in. So it is it is a full curriculum. Well, we do have the full curriculum on the website as well. And so if you're teaching a class, you can imagine using that and there's activities that you can just embed in in what you're teaching your students uh, alongside the podcast. So, and I think in the future we'll hopefully we will have more activities on the website shortly, more engaging activities for the youth, for the community, and for academics in general. Although I would say that activities there are are engaging. Oh no, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay. Well, aloha for all of your listening and thoughts and ideas. And it has been a joy to do this work with our community um, and all of the contributors to the podcast. And we look forward to um, sharing more with you soon. Thank you so much (laughs) to Sadie Redwing for the podcast art that she did. Oh, yes. Look on our website at GOGM.live. She is amazing. Check out her work. Um, Support Native artists. So, Miwe, Dr. Opsal, uh, welcome to the Historical Wisdom Podcast. And we're so excited to finally be able to talk with you. And so, before we get into the conversation, I was hoping that you could introduce yourself. 
Yes, thank you. Um, I'm Michelle Opsol, and I'm a family physician, and I've been in practice for decades now. Um, I've been working with Riverside San Bernardino County Indian Health for seven years, and I am primarily working out of the Morongo Clinic, one of our larger clinics, and I have enjoyed being there now and getting to work with a great staff and um, nurses and um, colleagues that I work with and uh, um, really feel like I have finally gotten to know a lot of my patients and enjoy it. Um, and I'm a, a mother of two boys and a graduate of UC Riverside and been married to the same man I met at UC Riverside uh, when we were 18, our freshman year. They've now been uh, three years now helping kind of as a community faculty periodically with the doctoring one students at UC Riverside, the first year medical students, and have also enjoyed that too. Oh, that's so great. Um, you're, you're a local girl. <laughs> yes, <laughs> locally grown. And- yeah. So, well, um, thank you. And also, you know, to remind everyone, because we hear your voice at the end of uh, many of our episodes as a member of our steering committee and someone who's really helped us develop and think about the the podcast and the historical wisdom curriculum. So I want to acknowledge that and thank you for that work with us as well. So we wanted a doctor's opinion of the podcasts. And I know that you listened and as I said, had been part of creating uh, many of them. So to start off with, could you give us just an overall sense of, you know, your thinking about the podcasts and maybe a couple takeaways that you think are important for other doctors to know and think about? Yes. Well, in the beginning, when we had our time of talking in a circle and bringing community together and trying to let things percolate to the surface about what was the most important. Uh, that was a very just a lovely and enlightening experience. And to have that translated then into the next phase of um, creating a way to talk about the things that are most important that became um, evident as the most important from the input of many and there's wisdom in the council of many. The podcast format is something that is very timely and uh, very well received. So the idea of a podcast is a way of reaching people um, who can just listen in the comfort of their home or on their drives or whenever they want to put it in their earbuds while they're in their home. Um, that idea is very timely. And then the the richness of the variety of the voices and the perspectives. I have long been someone who seems to have had lots of strong opinions about things. I've been, I've been identified as someone who's has strong opinions, but is flexible. Mm. And I, I like to have a voice in things that I think that matter, but I love um, listening to the voices of others. And um, I think that's where uh, the greatest understanding comes from. 
it's um, empathy is also a very a very now word and a, a very appropriate word in understanding and crossing divides and bridging gaps and coming alongside and understanding each other. And um, empathy means understanding um, from another person's perspective. And you can't understand unless you listen. And um, you have to have people um, tell to be able to listen. And so I'm super yeah. thankful that the right questions were asked and the topics that seem to matter, even though many topics may matter, these topics mattered. And they, um, I think they were handled very well. And each person gave their perspective. When you give a person a minute just to speak, maybe what comes out of their mouth is the thing that matters the most. And instead of just um, one person speaking for a long time, giving each person a little chance to speak, then maybe what they speak um, is something that has a little more truth or a little more importance to them. Hmm. And maybe then that has more value to the process and the group. So I believe in the power of the story as told from different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. I think that was one of the pieces that we had the most fun with as well. You know, just being able to go around and talk to everyone and and hear what they were thinking and saying. So I I really appreciate you connecting that with empathy and understanding from other perspectives. When you think about all of the episodes, were there any concepts around historical trauma that, you know, stood out for you and that you can bring into the clinic and the work that you do in the clinic? So I can tell you that I have, you know, I was born in San Diego. I've lived most of my adult life here in, um, in my growing up years in adult life, you know, locally, Southern California, Riverside, Redlands, and I still am remarkably uninformed or unaware about, um, I might have had like vague awareness of things. So this podcast, just the historical trauma, just understanding where the land that I sit on, the land that I've traveled, the areas that I know where my grandparents lived, and my family still lives, that uh, there is a long history that's well before us that is rich and it's not as well preserved as maybe as it could have been and it's not as well broadcast as maybe like it didn't it you know, wasn't part of my um you know it wasn't part of my life understanding mm-hmm. and um so i'm super thankful for just having my eyes opened <laughs> mm-hmm. you know i'm a california native and i didn't really know um some of the history and i had a vague awareness of you know, broken treaties and of um, boarding school and the Indian policies regarding um, Native Americans. But I have a fresher understanding and that's led to more reading and I actually have done some really good reading. There's a great pain and there's also great strength in that, that story of the land and the people. And there's a lot of fragmentation the way things are now. Yeah. And um, those are things that I wasn't aware of and I wish were not so and yet they are. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that was the biggest piece of, you know, bringing and creating spaces for people to share those stories so that we could hear them again and know and remember our histories. Okay, so the last piece I want to ask about the podcast is what would you tell your doctor friends? <laughs> to pay attention to 
or would you say to maybe encourage them to listen more? Well, most all of us drive. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that um, is easy to access and it's worth listening. Um, you will also hear some of the voices of the community members who have a louder voice or a more, more of a signal for their voice. And that's also nice to know who's talking. I actually have met, met a lot of people who I want to push them, say more, say more. You have so much to say, mm. but that's not necessarily their inclination or their way or their pattern or their habit and, um, or their experience. And so, um, at least the people who speak are people who have felt comfortable, mm-hmm. um, speaking. And uh, yeah, why, why wouldn't you want to learn more? <laughs> I like that. Why wouldn't you want to learn more? <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay. Anything else that you want to say about the podcast? Um, I also really loved the introductions and the ending and I, um, the music unifies us mm-hmm. and, um, who doesn't respond to the sound of rhythmic drumming or chanting or, you know, Native American flute. Um, there's some things that are just universally beautiful and universally, even if you don't understand the words or all the meaning, you understand that there's meaning behind it. And, um, so I appreciate that that's the way it opens and closes too. Yeah. Yeah, we love that Sean uh, sang those for us and, and then allowed us to use them, give us permission to use them. So, yeah. Aloha for listening to Historical Wisdom. We trust that it will help you as you care for yourself and others. Additional wisdom and references about historical trauma and complete interviews can be found on our website, gogm.live. Aloha to Sean Milanovic for sharing the opening and closing bird songs. The podcast was produced by Juliet McMullen and our Chihun Pionk Inach Steering Committee and edited by Catherine Rodriguez and Wyatt Kelly. Content was developed in conversations with community members and our Chihun Pionk Inach Steering Committee that include Sherry Salgado, Luella Thornton, Julie Andrews, Holly Bronner, Veronica Espinoza, Donnell John, Michelle Opsal, Gina Hughes, Catherine Rodriguez, Anne Cheney, Kendall Shumway, Wyatt Kelly, Sean Milanovic, Amanda Marquez, Laureen Sisqua, Clifford Trafster, and Jackie Wise Spirit. The Historical Wisdom Podcast is funded through an engagement award from the Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute. Aloha from the Chihun Piyunk Inach Project, www.gogm.live.